Welcome to 97 Floor Radio. You're listening to an episode in the Mastermind Interview Series. Welcome to the Mastermind Interview Series. Let me tell you a little bit about it. We kicked off our first ever Mastermind in January 2018 with none other than best-selling author Seth Godin. And we're continuing the conversation right here with a series of interviews with some incredible thought leaders and visionaries. So if you want to learn more from the people running some of the biggest brands around, stick around and be sure to subscribe. We'll drop a new episode in the series every single week. In this episode, we're talking to Miranda Bernard, Vice President of Marketing at Vivint Solar, about the marketing value of understanding your audiences, creating shareable messaging, recognizing employee trends, and much more. Using personal experiences and insights, Miranda dials in on what it means to provide a great customer experience, how that focus is changing the world of business, and how leadership in business is adapting. Let's jump in. So Miranda, thanks for making the long journey. Yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> From just up the road, right? Yeah, just right down the street. Yeah, you guys have a beautiful building. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we do. I feel very, very fortunate to work there. Yeah. Now, you are the Vice President of Marketing for Vivint Solar. Right. Yeah. And you've been with Vivint Solar since May, so a short period of time. But I, I know like we've worked with Vivint for quite a few years vivid solar within the last year so i know coming on board like there were so many objectives that you had to probably cover right now before we get into that let's go back to your your career experience because you have been in marketing for the miracle network the children's miracle network which is huge and then before that you know marketing 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 but you actually Mm -hmm. started out in public relations and communication yeah yeah so maybe take us from the beginning and then to date yeah so uh just when i was growing up i always had a real interest in the news and media and advertising and so i i knew that i would go into some sort of media related field Um, When I was in college, I took a PR class and I really loved it. I thought it was a really great combination of the storytelling that I really love about journalism and then the marketing side as far as like messaging and and helping to position companies and in their best light. So I really enjoyed that. I was actually a journalism major in college and then had an emphasis in public relations too. Uh, But after I got into that, I really loved PR. I was lucky to work for some great PR agencies. Um, I did an internship in college, I think just after my sophomore year, mm-hmm. which was a little bit early, um, but I, I interned at a, at a really small PR agency where I was able to have some great experience and, and confirm that I liked that kind of, of work. So I worked in that for years um, on the agency side and then uh, went to work for Children's Miracle Network Hospitals where I oversaw PR originally and then grew my role to oversee all of our um, content development on the content marketing side. Mm -hmm. So it was a really nice transition and I also got to help kind of manage the business operations as well as part of the operations team. And then went from there um, to tech at Sorensen Media and now to Vivint Solar. Wow, wow. Yeah, it's been fun. I mean, I would say, so my background is in public relations and journalism, Uh very, very similar. Uh And when I came to 97th floor, I was not a marketer. Mm -hmm. I did not claim to be a marketer. Yeah. And anything technical like SEO, I was almost adverse to learning. So Uh I'm like, no, I want to take this path. 
But I swear, knowing storytelling and the PR focus and understanding how to communicate to audiences has made me a really good marketer. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, I, I first really fell in love with the whole concept of marketing, um, watching Angela Bauer on Who's the Boss, if oh. you remember that show, <laughs> yeah. from the like 80s and early 90s, yep. I think. And I loved seeing her like in her element. And that was the first glimpse I had at, at advertising. And I loved the storytelling aspect of it. I think they even touched on it in that show a little bit. And then again, yeah, I, I got into PR um, for that storytelling aspect. But I've really found that working in marketing, it's really just connecting with an audience and telling them information in a way that they'll connect with that information and take the action that you want them to take. And I, I really believe that storytelling is the most effective way to get that done. I think people connect with stories uh, much more than they connect with just raw data. They want to know the story behind it or the reason behind it. Um, it's why we like to watch sports and there's always, you know, color commentary and that gets those of us who aren't so, you know, such experts on the, the sports statistics themselves to get interested in the game. And I think it just really taps into a basic human interaction that we all that we all respond to. So storytelling is definitely at, at the heart of all of the marketing work that I do and that I enjoy the most. And it's been very helpful with my career. Oh, for sure. I teach a digital marketing course. And what I'll tell them is that, you know, every, especially now, like people are savvy consumers, right? They can see a sales pitch from a mile away. Yeah. And it's like everyone's online, they're looking to buy, but they don't want to be sold. Mm -hmm. So insert marketing in this opportunity to captivate them in order to compel them to right. take action. Yeah, that's a really great way to put it. It's just that that medley of mm -hmm. being able to say, hey, let me educate you on this thing in a way that's like, okay, I'm going to slow my scroll, I think is what they say. Uh -huh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> With the young, right. young uh -huh. yeah. these days. <laughs> That's right. It makes a lot of sense. I think, you know, especially with social media and all of the, you know, SEO opportunities that we have, um, we know how important it is for people to be sharing content also. Mm -hmm. So what I, I tell my teams is we have to market to and through our audiences. It's not enough to just market to a certain group and have the message kind of stop with them. We need them to be sharing it on their social feeds. They need to be talking about it with their friends and family. They need to be helping us, you know, send people who are interested in whatever it is that we're communicating to them about, helping them um, get in touch with us. So that's such a great opportunity. It's something that didn't really exist in the form that it does now, even just like 15 years ago. It's such a different marketing landscape and there's just a ton of opportunity to connect with more people. Yeah. And I would say that, I mean, it's, it's required now. Yeah. Right. Like everyone expects, mm -hmm. no, you need to be talking to me as the individual I am. Yes. Not as the, the subset of a, of a kind of a collection of people. Yeah. And then there's a lot of challenge with that. Mm -hmm. Right. Like how do you communicate to individuals in a ways that feel like I'm validating? Yeah, I think it's, you know, really focusing on those opportunities for authenticity. And that can be very, very challenging, you know, just because any company is resource constrained. Like there's a finite amount of budget, a finite amount of staff or agency help or whatever that mm -hmm. we all need to use. And often if you work at a great company, like I'm fortunate to work for, the opportunities seem quite endless. You know, there's a ton of storytelling within, you know, any company that's doing great work. So I think that can be a struggle is just 
you know, in a, in a challenge is figuring out what are the stories that we can really focus on that give us the most impact to help us drive those business initiatives that are so important to all of us. Love it. Now you were at Sorensen and Sorensen is an awesome company. So what was it about Vivint Solar and the offer that would have compelled you to to make the leap? Yeah, I think, you know, I had heard such great things about the leadership team at Vivint Solar, mm-hmm. um, just from working in the in the industry, like in tech and just in marketing and everything else. So that definitely helped. They had, you know, the the leadership team there had a really great reputation and I was excited about working with and learning from them. I also, you know, the more I looked into the company, I did see that there were a ton of of storytelling opportunities that I thought could be done in a way that could be very impactful from a marketing perspective and from a revenue perspective. Um, And I was excited to, you know, to kind of take some of this kind of uh, fresh opportunity, I guess you could say. And, and have a big impact. I loved the fact that, you know, it's a, they're the second um, largest residential solar provider in the country. So that was great to work at a company that's, at, you know, at the top of the industry. Um, they're also a publicly traded company, which is a, a, you know, really great opportunity and also can be challenging, you know, just to um, make sure that we're managing all of those things appropriately and, mm-hmm. um, you know, from a marketing standpoint. So I thought that sounded like a great learning experience and, and I met a lot of the team there and that confirmed for me, it would be a great place to be. So I've been very happy with my choice. Love it. Yeah. Now I remember Vivit Solar. Um, I remember I, I was actually part of some of the initial conversations when they came into form. Oh, great. Back yeah. in 2011. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I mean, that's a whole other story in and of itself, but I met with them at their campus in Provo, mm-hmm. right. I believe. Uh-huh. And it's huge. Yeah. And what was funny is I was sitting in the foyer waiting to go into a meeting and I was like, are these all college students? Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's just so many people of, yeah, that, right. that work there and uh-huh. they're obviously pulling from the universities and the talent yeah. there. Uh-huh. And then what was interesting was in those meetings is they were very clear about becoming their own entity. Like mm-hmm. Vivint is a massive, massive name. Yeah, right. Everyone knows Vivint. Everyone knows Todd. Yeah. Everyone knows like there's this a certain feel to that mm-hmm. brand. And for them, it was this hard balance of what do you carry forward with that? But what do you also have to create that's unique unto itself? Yeah. So I, I don't know. Can you give us any like story on that little history? Yeah, I know that, you know, Vivint Solar did start as part of, of Vivint Inc. And I think just because of, you know, how um, fast moving the solar industry was in 2011, and it continues to be, it's a very, you know, rapidly changing industry. It made sense for it to be its own company. So, um, and then when the, um, when Vivint Solar went public in 2014, I think that also really changed the business. It added a, a different layer of accountability and discipline um, that was a really good thing for the company. And then, you know, in 2016, David Bywater became the CEO and that his influence, I think, has been a really great thing, especially for customers. Mm-hmm. You know, Vivint Solar's focus on customers is its top priority and making sure that customers are really delighted with all of the elements of the service that we're providing. And a lot of that is because of the the leadership and, um, you know, just the influence that David has had. So it's been really great to see that that journey. And just, you know, in the short time I've been there, I've been very impressed. I 
um, was just at a, a trade show for the solar industry this week and and really seeing the the amount of detail that goes into the quality of our installations is so impressive. We have an 86 point installation process that no other company is even close to touching. And I think that just speaks to really that evolution of the company and how important the customer experience and, and the quality that they receive, you know, how important that is to us. Yeah, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm, I've been over to, well, I've been to the campus in Provo, so further south, and then I've been over to the building, just hop, skip, and a jump oh, from great. here. Yeah. And Brock, so we work with a few people uh-huh. on your team, but he, he took us kind of to the up and down, and he was just showing us all the groupings, and there was a yeah. lot of people that were, okay, these are the architects of the solar panels uh-huh. for each individual house. Like, it's not a plug-and-play yeah. in that regard. Like, it is customized. It is. It's very custom. And we own the whole process, you know, from the sales the sales process all the way up to the installation. And I think that is also a separate kind of challenge for a solar company. Not mm-hmm. a lot of companies do that. Um, but it definitely makes a difference for our customers. So we're, we're really proud of that. And I think too, just the association with Vivint Inc. has been really great for us. Is you know, I don't know if you know, like the Vivint name means live in, you know, live intelligently. Okay. And so that's where the smart aspect comes in. And we definitely um, have. I know that's been a great relationship for us, just to learn, you know, more about trends with smart smart home and and how important that is to the customer and then be able to implement that on the solar side of the business has been really great that's fantastic yeah i mean i love that you see you guys have a wall yeah we're two different companies yeah yeah yeah. Uh right like you guys have um i think brock was showing me where you post either ideas or brainstorming or maybe it was comments Uh from from customers Uh and it's like this really cool montage Uh of interest there. Yeah, it is. It's, we really um, dive into that customer experience. That's been such a huge priority for the company, especially the last couple of years. And just making sure that we're delighting our customers every opportunity and, and knowing all of the places that we talk to them and what are some new channels that we might want to explore. You know, it's just, it's very top of mind for us all the time. Yeah. Everyone I talk to over there coming and going, they're all like, (laughs) lifers. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be here. So I'm old and great. And they're just super jazzed about what they're doing, oh, but great. I can yeah. tell, mm-hmm. you know, they're working hard. Yeah. Like, it, I mean, you guys are definitely, you're not in startup, but that ramp up and scale up mode that you, you guys are in yeah. is like, it's intense. It is. It's intense. It's, it is intense. And it's, yeah, it's very busy. Um, but really gratifying too. just seeing the number of customers who who have solar um, from us and how happy they are and how that's helping their lives and then helping them feel good about their choice too that you know they get a lot of satisfaction out of the fact that they're helping the environment and making a long-term difference you know just for all of us which is really great to see it's nice to work for a company that has that kind of you know social focus and and doing great things for the planet yeah now I imagine that when you went through like the whole interview process and you were considering Vivint Solar, they were considering you, they articulated, hey, here are the objection, objectives uh-huh. that we need to accomplish. Yeah. I mean, I know like it's been, there's been a lot of like, you just keep growing. So you have to restructure real quick uh-huh. and all that. I mean, what were the most immediate things that you came on board and knew you had to tackle? I think, I mean, immediately I, I knew I needed to get 
so this sounds like very a very basic thing, but when you go into an industry that's as specific and dynamic as solar, I knew I had to get up to speed on just the industry in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so I spent a lot of my time doing that just to help us see what areas can we really own um, within the solar space. And so I went out, you know, to visit customers. I went out knocking doors with our direct to home sales reps, which was very out of my comfort zone, <laughs> um, but it was the best thing I could have done, you know, mm-hmm. spending time with our sales teams who are on the ground, they're in the neighborhoods, you know, they live in those communities, their families, you know, live in the community. So seeing that um, level of detail that they put into interacting with their customers and ha- and the personal relationships that they have with the neighborhoods where they're working was really incredible to see. I haven't really worked in an industry that, or at a company that has that kind of, you know, really close connection to the end user of the product. Um, so that was really helpful, just getting to know them. And after going through that and spending time um, with our customers, I could see that, you know, with my storytelling focus, that that communicating um, to our customers in a really meaningful way was a great opportunity for us. And that's something that I wanted to focus on right away. Love it. Yeah. And what I love about Vivid Solar is they, they're clear. I guess I would say the passing of the baton is uh-huh. so clear. Yeah. Like every All team. All the processes. Yeah. And, the yeah, like, yeah. and then it goes here uh-huh. and then it right. goes here. And everyone knew exactly where they, they fit within the puzzle piece. So I imagine from that customer experience, it's, it feels seamless, even though it, it's super complex. Yeah. Like yeah. Getting solar panels on your house is not, yeah, we'll just install them. <laughs> yeah. We're very, we're very aware of the fact that our, our product sits on people's homes where their families live. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's the most important thing that anybody usually has like purchase wise in their, in their life is their home. So we take that very seriously and you can really see that represented in all of the processes and the layers of accountability. And, and again, like that 86 point installation process that is very um, detailed and, but it's, it's there for a reason. It's really to make sure our customers have the best experience possible. So we're very proud to do that. Now, in terms of you onboarding and I imagine there were teams already in place. Mm-hmm. So you right. come in as this mm-hmm. like new leadership. Yeah. That has to be a little daunting. Yeah. I think that that can always be, you know, a challenging situation. You, you want to be respectful of all of the learnings that have happened, mm-hmm. um, you know, before you got there and then also be able to look at things with fresh eyes. And because I think that's also a benefit of bringing any new talent in is seeing, you know, things through their perspectives. And so I, I really tried to, to balance that carefully and, um, and I'm still learning a lot, but luckily I think, you know, Vivint Solar's culture was in a really positive place and that's always helpful, you know, coming in new people were very helpful and eager to help me learn. Um, I also asked a lot of questions and have had a lot of one-on-ones throughout you know, the whole company. And I feel like that has also been really helpful in getting me up to speed. So, I mean, onboarding and maybe you've had this awesome, you know, experience, this awesome career. What is your style of leadership if you were to boil it down? I think, um, my biggest priority as a leader, like with the people I work with is to make sure that they feel accomplished and productive in whatever their role is. So, 
I take that pretty seriously. That's, you know, something that I really love about, um, you know, being a leader or a manager of people is making sure that they're able to reach the goals that are important to them. And I found that, you know, if you stay focused on that and on, on making sure that your team members are feeling fulfilled and accomplished and learning new skills and, and building on things that are important to them, it's such a great thing for the business too. It just the whole company works better. So I've been trying to stay very aware of that while also keeping, you know, my eyes focused on, on the business objectives just in general. And that can be hard, you know, it can be hard Mm -hmm. to try to blend both things and, and be very aware of the human side of the business while also uh, making sure that we're focused on, on the business side of the business. But those things usually what I've seen is when the people are happiest and feeling very fulfilled and, and accomplished in their roles, it, it benefits the whole company. Love it. Now, when you have someone who's maybe not a good fit, mm-hmm. I mean, what's what's the process for you in terms of coaching yeah. them or reassigning? I have had, you know, just over the years, I've managed a lot of teams. Mm-hmm. And what I found is that you can usually tell when someone has reached the point where they are just not feeling their job. Like, and I've even been in that role myself as an employee, you know, when you kind of pull up to work and you're like, I just don't want to be here. That's just not a good feeling. And I, you know, as a manager, when I've had that situation occur with someone on my team, where I could just tell their heart's not really in it, they seem really distracted. It's important to know them and, you know, well enough that you can have a pretty candid conversation. And, and sometimes it's that, you know, they're having some sort of personal, issue that they need to work through and they need some support to work through. And in that case, it's important for the manager, I think, to be respectful of that and try to give them the resources they need. Um, If it does turn out that it's actually just their job and, and they have some specific concerns about it, or they want to do something that's not necessarily a priority to the business, then I also think it's important to have a, a good conversation and be able to coach them out of the company too so that they can really feel happy and fulfilled. You know, I think that life's too short for anybody to be in a job where they're not happy. And as a manager, it's important to tap into that and change things when we can and when it makes sense for the employee and for the business. But if that can't be done, then I think it's also important to be just a good, you know, mentor for the person and help them find something that is a better fit, even if that means leaving the company. That's and a in, great way to put it. In that case too, I think it's also you know, you get the benefit for the employee who's, who can go into a role and a company where they are a better fit and they can be happier. But then you get the benefit for the company where you get someone new in that role who wants to be there and wants to be producing and, and meeting certain, you know, goals and things that help the company move ahead. So it's just better for everybody. It's just having that conversation can sometimes feel like a hard thing to do, but everybody's better off for having it. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I think it's a great way to put it, coach them out of the company. Yeah. We were talking with uh, Simone, he's from HCO, and we were talking about, you know, when you have to let someone go, it's wildly uncomfortable, but here at 97th floor, we have an alumni network. Mm-hmm. And a a percentage of the alumni are people who have been let go at one point from 97th floor. And it's our CEO, Wayne, who's done a really incredible job about saying, okay, here's what's happening now and validating them as a person yeah, and right. then following up with them and, you know, keeping them close mm-hmm. in that regard. And with, it's just really cool when we all come back together and it's like, yeah. oh, 
this is the legacy. Yeah. It doesn't have oh, to just great. be the people that work here right now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, everybody has different priorities and goals for their own life and, mm-hmm. and personal circumstances that kind of factor into how they make those goals and decisions. And I think just remembering that we're all just people and, and we can help each other. And, and sometimes that looks like helping you be in a job at at this company and we're going to help you be successful in it. And sometimes it's recognizing it's not a fit anymore and helping them go somewhere where they can be really happy. It's just, yeah, I I think everyone's better off for working that way. Yeah. Well, let's circle back to like the marketing and the storytelling. You come on board with Mm -hmm. Vivint Solar and there's a lot of things already in play. Mm -hmm. A lot of campaigns that have already been created Mm -hmm. and they're always rolling out stuff. How much of marketing in your estimation is creating new versus just editing, editing old. (laughs) That's a really, that's a really good question. I think a lot of, um, just in general, not just at Vivint Solar, but I think at any company, it's finding out what's happening around the business Mm -hmm. and then figuring out all the ways that we can amplify whatever that is. So any kind of, again, like storytelling opportunity, figuring out what is happening, who cares about it out of our audiences that we're focused on, and then how can we communicate that thing to them through the channels that they'll connect with the best. So that has been the focus since I've joined Vivint Solar is figuring out what is happening in our business that we think is relevant to customers, relevant to any other audience that is important to us. And then how do we tell that that story in a way that those groups are really going to respond to and connect with, and then again, share within their own networks. And what so. do you think is the best way? I know you guys do a lot of surveys. Uh-huh. Like we you're do, yeah. Always pulling yes. uh-huh. the customers. Yeah. I mean, is that your number one go-to in terms of getting that information to know, okay, this is what's resonating. Let's amplify that. Yeah, I think that's definitely one, you know, one kind of point that feeds into what our decisions are. Um, some of it is again like going and you know, and meeting with customers in their homes and hearing their stories and meeting their family members and and finding out why our product has been such a great thing for them. Mm-hmm. Um, those real conversations are so valuable, and that's in any company too. I think anytime you can get out of your office and go meet with your customers and just see your product in action in their life, it's it's such a great insight. And it's, it can be expensive to do that, you know, to take time out and even just spending time out of the office can feel like such a luxury and, um, and hard to do, but I think any company is better for doing that. So I really, um, have made that a priority, just getting to see our customers and hear from them directly. Love it. Now, in terms of, um, you have a lot of tasks. I mean, you're, you're in a a pretty big role for a pretty big company that is growing at a very rapid pace. Uh-huh. So Miranda, what keeps you up at night? Oh, I think it's mostly thinking about all of the different projects that we have going on and making sure that nothing's getting missed. Mm-hmm. And then also being able to adapt as, as we need to, you know, again, solar as an industry is relatively new. So with that comes a lot of change and updates and, and just making sure that, you know, we're on top of all of those things. Um, I think the other thing is just making sure too, that, um, my staff, they all feel happy and fulfilled in their roles as much as possible and, and trying to figure out what, you know, kinds of resources would be helpful to them, um, to help us do an even better job. 
that's a constant thought in my head. <laughs> yeah. It's rolling, just like constant, yep, yep. all the time. Yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. Um, no, in terms of like points of conflict where you really have to either go to pat for someone on your team or uh-huh. you have to, you know that you're going to have to go in and maybe it's someone um, in that executive suite that you're like, oh, uh-huh. I'm going to have to have a really tough conversation with them. What's your approach to handling conflict without being consumed by it? Yeah, that is also a good question. I think that can be a really tricky thing for any anyone in a leadership or management role. Mm-hmm. Um, what I like to do is start with kind of you know, taking whatever that conflict is or that issue and figuring out how does this help us or not help us accomplish whatever these goals are for the business. So I like to think of, you know, even with my specialty is marketing, but not doing things just for marketing's sake. It's more, you know, marketing to help drive revenue for the business. Mm -hmm. And that can be a really helpful filter. I think sometimes it's easy, um, you know, to like look within your own specialty and say, this thing is causing us conflict and I need it to change so I can do a better job marketing. And if it's actually not going to do a better job to help drive the business forward or help accomplish the business goals, that can sometimes cut off the, you know, the need to press it forward. And it's having sometimes a harder conversation just with my own team and deciding, is this really something we need to spend time and effort on? Um, If we do decide that it is pretty crucial and critical for the business itself, then um, I am, I'm fortunate that I work at a place where I feel very comfortable talking to any of our executives about a challenge. And especially if, if I know it's going to help the business, Mm -hmm. if we can remove that roadblock. Um, I think that's an important thing for anyone looking for a job is to make sure that they are in an environment where they can have those kinds of conversations. I've also worked at companies where that didn't feel like the climate and I, you know, I ended up, um, making a change for some of those reasons, because it's hard to be in a position when you feel like you can't do anything about a problem that you see. So I think just in general, you know, for anyone at any company, or if they're looking to make a job change, it's that leadership and what their style is, is really, really important. Yeah. In terms of the evaluation before you onboard and, yeah. then- <laughs> and making sure you're at a place where if you speak up that your voice can be heard. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, last question, I ask everyone this question, uh-huh. but Miranda, what, in terms of your legacy, what do you hope to remember for? Oh, wow. Um, I would hope that, you know, the people that I have worked with or who have worked for me, um, you know, that they feel like they were able to accomplish some goals that were really important to them, whether that's in their career or on their, you know, in their personal life. Uh, that's, that's something that I think is a great legacy for any of us. I also have this uh, philosophy that I like to share with people and hopefully, you know, try to live this way myself, but it's instead of thinking of work-life balance, I don't believe in that. I think that that just sets us up for failure. It's like trying to make everything equal out um, on a scale, which is impossible. So I like to think of it um, as a pie where your time is finite and you have to carve it up into different size slices at certain times in your life. And that's something that a former boss of mine, you know, taught me that concept and it just stuck with me. It was, I was working at Children's Miracle Network hospitals at the time and um, having a really hard time. I was in the, an executive MBA program had a very demanding job and I needed to be across the country at a meeting the next day. And I realized like, I just can't, I can't do it. 
And so he stepped in to do the meeting for me and got in an airplane, which was a really great example of servant leadership. Right. Um, but he also told me, you know, sometimes in your life, you can't, your, your career slice might need to be smaller. Your family slice needs to be bigger. Your school slice might overtake a lot of things. And you just have to constantly recarve the pie and it's not permanent. And I think just that concept of understanding it's not permanent. You know, I'm a mom, I have two little kids and whatever they're doing often, you know, determines how much free time I have or don't have. And it's okay because it's not going to last forever. Mm -hmm. So I think just helping, you know, my friends, my peers, um, people on my staff understand that too is, is a a big focus of mine. I know that that was kind of life changing for me just to have that realization. Yeah, that's brilliant. Cause I think, um, we all think that what's happening right now, it's always going to be this way. And you just get overwhelmed with the sense of like foreboding. It's like, this isn't working. And so, yeah, because it's impossible to do like every single thing you kind of want to do. So you just have to be comfortable with carving up things and, and giving some things a big slice and some things, no slice and know that that might change, you know, over time. Yeah. No apologies. Mm-hmm. It just is what yeah, it is. Yeah, it's okay. It may change tomorrow. Right. I love that. That's a great way to like visualize that too. Rearrange those slices. Yes. Yeah, that's right. But chocolate needs to be a big slice. That's always my- a big slice. And I <laughs> joked that, you know, my um, former boss, his name was Craig Sorensen, that taught me that concept. And I, I told him, maybe this sticks in my mind so well because I, I love dessert. So it's like <laughs> I'd much rather, yeah, think about something sweet when I'm trying to make these big decisions. Yeah, same, yeah It's helpful. Uh-huh. Give me sweets. When I was a little girl, my mom used to ask if I wanted hot lunch or cold lunch. And every time... I had one question and it was, is there a dessert? Or, yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's the dessert? Yeah. That's, that's how I made all my decisions. Great decision-making <laughs> philosophy. Yeah. Yeah. I've stuck to that from the time I was four to, to I now. like that. That's still my approach to deciding what <laughs> restaurant to go to. So we have that in common. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Miranda. This has been so fun. So thank you for being part yeah, of the series for, thank you. for taking the time for making the walk down yes. and everything. Yeah. Thanks a lot. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks for all the great work you guys are doing for us too. Oh, and you know what? I just hear amazing things about your team and how just smart and in it they are. So I think that's just the ideal type of partnership where we feel like we're thriving because, you know, you guys are so energized. So great. I I appreciate that. That's um, it's been a wonderful thing for us. So thank you again. This has been really fun and Hopefully we get to go out for some pie soon. Yes, sounds great. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this episode in the Mastermind interview series. If you did, don't forget to subscribe. You can also catch us at 97floor.com where we'll have show notes and links to resources along with the video interview for this episode. Or you can catch us on our YouTube channel where we have many more in-depth conversations and how-tos about all things digital marketing, business, culture, and thought leadership. Until next time.